0: Praise the Lord, for Thy great land, that we
1: Thy dwelling place may be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life. As revealed in the Bible, we hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at LSM.org or reach us toll free, 888 Life Study. Now let's join today's program. One of the interesting words in the original language of the New Testament is cosmos. This Greek word is normally translated in the Bible as world. In John chapter 3, God so loved the cosmos that he gave his only begotten son to save it. Yet in John's epistles, we are told not to love the cosmos, because it is impossible for us to both love the world and love God the Father at the same time. The reason that we as believers need to flee any love and attachment for the world is that the world is a mask for god's enemy, Satan. Bill Lawson is here with us today as we touch these uh, verses in First John chapter two and chapter five bill there's a lot to be revealed here, isn't there, for God's people regarding this matter of the
2: world. Yes, I trust the Lord today that the Lord could unveil us and really open our eyes concerning this satanic world that we're uh, faced with, uh, especially the believers all the time. So I think we really need to get into this Greek word cosmos to see what the Lord has for us today.
1: Yeah, I think we need to note that the word cosmos has a number of connotations in the Bible. Sometimes it doesn't seem to have a value attached to it. Certainly, the cosmos or the world that God loved giving his only son for, the famous verse in John chapter 3, this is really a reference to all mankind, all humanity, so we don't associate it as being something so evil and sinister. But I'm reminded of another passage from the Gospels in Matthew chapter 4, This is the portion, Bill, where the devil has led Jesus up for the temptation, and he's tempting him with this and that. In chapter 4 of Matthew, verses 8 and 9, it says, And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And here is, of course, the word cosmos, the kingdoms of the cosmos and their glory. And he said to him, All these will I give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Well, of course, we know the Lord Jesus did not succumb to that temptation. But it's interesting, neither did he refute the devil's authority to give away these kingdoms, did he?
2: Right, that's interesting, Chris. We would think, well, the Lord should have probably said, No, Satan, you have no right, you have no authority, you have no control over the kings of the world. You know, I created everything. Well, that's true. God did create the earth, but God did not create the cosmos. So we have to see that distinction there. The Lord, you know, created the physical universe, the heavens, the earth, and so on. But He did not create the satanic cosmos. That was due to the satanic fall of man. So the Lord acknowledged, in a sense, that those satanic kingdoms were, in fact, of Satan, and Satan had the right to do with them what he wanted, but sure to the Lord would not succumb to that temptation.
1: Yeah, so the question of ownership, in a sense, is addressed indirectly in this passage. He did not dispute the devil's ownership of the world and its kingdoms, its satanic kingdoms. Very interesting. I think that helps us understand the context in which we're given to look at these verses now in First John chapter 2, verse 13 says, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning i write to you young men because you have overcome the evil one i write to you young children because you know the father and then verse 15 our target verse i would say today do not love the world nor the things in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in him and the world is passing away and its lust but he who does the will of god abides forever all right let's join witness lee with the. Uh, This is a portion of very important fellowship related to the world and God's people.
0: John's writing is divine, mysterious, yet so short. In the first section of the book, the fellowship of the divine life, how many divine vocabularies he used to compose that short section of the word. But very strange to me that when he comes to the world, he's not so brief. He uses three verses to define the world and the things in the world. Now, number one, this word strictly speaking is given not to the fathers, neither to the young children. These three verses, 15 through 17, are written to the young men who are strong and who have the word of God abiding in them and who have overcome the evil one. Number two. Concerning the fellowship of the divine life, sin and sins are a problem there. Sin and sins damage our fellowship. Now, concerning the teaching of the divine anointing, you have two things. The world and the antichrist. But I tell you, The evil one, Satan the devil, comes to you in the appearance of the world. The world is a mask of Satan. The devil is not so lovely. No one would love the devil, do you? But surely everybody loves the world. So, in this section, the problem, strictly speaking, is not with the devil, but with his mask. And his first mask is the world.
1: Uh, Bill, I like this point. I think it strikes something in all of us because we've all been taken in. We've all been deceived by one of the many masks that uh, Satan uses from and in the world to come and distract us away from God. This is a key point, isn't it, for God's people to realize?
2: It is, Chris. It's interesting when Brother Lee talks about the damage and frustration of the divine fellowship. At the beginning of 1st John, he talks about these matters of our sinful nature and also our sinful deeds that we commit. And obviously we know this really damages and adversely affects our fellowship with the Lord Jesus. But when he gets deeper here into 1st John chapter 2, he touches the world which I would say is a far deeper problem and more subtle problem than just the sinful things that we commit and the nature of sin itself, because the world, like Brother Lee says, it's a real mask. On the outward appearance, it looks very attractive, very lovely, and it easily lures us. It draws us into things that we should not be into, and it really affects our inward being, and it draws out from within us, things like the inward lust and all these things that are within us. In other words, it's like a match. Mm -hmm. We have the problem within us, which is the lust, the flesh, that kind of thing. Then outwardly, we have those outward physical things that match the inward lust within, and these two are like a magnet drawing one another. So the real damage there to God's children in First John chapter 2 is really the world and its mask.
1: Yeah, there's the verse in chapter 2 we didn't read. Maybe I'll read it now. Because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the vain glory of life, is not of the Father but is of the world. These are the real intrinsic components or structure or underpinning of the world. Regardless of what mask it takes at a particular point in time, uh, what is behind it is usually related to these kinds of things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and vain glory. Uh, because these are where we're all prone to be drawn off and drawn into failure, aren't they?
2: Really so. Like you say, Chris, they're like the subjective things that are lying there within us, in a sense latent, hidden, and there, and as soon as something of the outward world uh, comes up, it just awakens the inward lust, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, of vain glory that's within us. It's just awakened and we're right away there's a match between the inward lust and yeah. the outward world and then right away we, you know, fall prey to this. And especially, I enjoy, you know, Apostle John, he breaks down God's people, right, into Mm -hmm. three categories. The young children, the young men, and then the fathers. And you can see, we must grow, Chris, from the stage of the young believers who are just regenerated in the Lord. We must grow to be the young men who are strong, John says, and who have the Word of God not just in us, or not just that we know the Logos The outward Bible, and we read the Bible, but Word of God has to be constituted into us so that it becomes a powerful strength and life and life supply so that when the world does come, uh, it has no effect on us.
1: Wonderful. That is really the only hope and solution. I think we we'll get to that in the uh, later stages of the program. But we need the, the Word of God and the life of God that we contact and are strengthened by in the Word of God to have any chance to overcome. Because over the centuries, it's amazing how good the devil has become at designing aspects of the world to, as you say, match those things in us where it will create these points of ultimate vulnerability. Uh He's really masterful in that way, isn't
2: he? He really is.
1: All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. Uh, We come back to uh, John's writings, this time the gospel. In chapter 17, he says, I have given them your word, as you just said, Bill, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We are in the world. We do not want to be of the world. All right, here's Witness Lee once more.
0: What is the world? I spend much time to study the Greek word, Cosmos, this is a word very much complicated and also very much complicating. Cosmos is used both in 1 John 2.15 and John the Gospel 3.16. One tells us, do not love the world, and the other tells us, God so loved the world. My, what is this? After that my study I put out these note to you. This word is used in the Bible for different things as follows in Matthew twenty five fourteen, John seventeen fifteen, X seventeen twenty four, Ephesians one four and so forth. It denotes the material universe. Then in John one twenty nine three sixteen and Romans. 5.12, it denotes the fallen human race. Then in 1 Peter 3.3, it denotes adorning, a kind of beautification. Here, as in John 15.19, 17.14, and James 4.4, 4, it denotes an orderly arrangement, an outer system set up by Satan, the adversary of God. Cosmos, in this sense, denotes a satanic system. Everything, every person, every matter has been systematized by the evil one, the adversary of God, into his kind of anti-God system. So, this leaves nothing for us. Where should we go? Where should we go? Go to the giant God. Yeah. Only the triune God has not been systematized by Satan. And there's another place that we can go to. The Word. Not the world, but the Word. This is our protection. The Word. Young man, uh you have overcome the evil one because you have the Word of God abiding in you. So, the Word of God is your refuge. It's your full choice to protect you.
1: Bill, I would say there's another aspect of revelation that needs to uh, dawn on God's people related to the world in what we just heard. It is not just the evil, the obvious, the Las Vegas, the fleshy things that are all around us. It's the entire system This systematic uh, construction that has evolved to such a sophisticated level that we need a refuge from and protection from, isn't it?
2: Right, Chris. the, The scope of the world, as Brother Lee here mentioned, is far greater than we realize. We think it's just maybe the nightclub down the street or some ones who are not dressed properly. But it's much more than that. It's a whole worldly system which is... Organized and uh, arranged by the devil, Satan himself, to usurp man from God, to trap man, and to bring man into a, a situation where even the things of necessity are usurped and used for an evil purpose, like food, shelter, transportation, uh, clothing, all of these things which human beings need. Even these things can be utilized by Satan and his satanic system to ensnare people so that a desire for God, a love for God, even turning to God, that whole feeling can be just taken away and usurped by the enemy. Uh, One thing I wanted to say is Brother Lee here, no doubt he got a lot of help from Brother Watchman Nee and Brother Nee's book, Love Not the World. And I really appreciate here, uh, Brother Lee, no doubt, getting into the depth of this word cosmos. If we didn't have this kind of light, we couldn't see that the world, the material things, and also this satanic cosmos, it's a much bigger problem than we realize to the believers.
1: Um, applying it somewhat to our day-by-day existence, I was struck with what you were talking about here, how the scope goes far beyond the obvious things, the uh, easily identifiable things. We all get caught up in the system of day-to-day living. How much time do we spend consumed with anxiety and cares related to our finances or our transportation, our housing, etc., etc., etc.? These things fill our waking moments almost as soon as our head leaves the pillow, oftentimes before our head leaves the pillow. We're flooded with thoughts concerning these kind of practical things, and we're caught up in the need to uh, meet all of the expectations. This is all part of... Satan's, in a sense, economy, his so-called eternal plan to distract us and lead us away from God, aren't they?
2: Really so, because what is taken away from us, Chris, a lot is mainly our time. All the things of time that we could be used in getting saturated with the Word of God, enjoying the triune God, fellowshipping with others. Now, all of the time, our thoughts are just filled with, how can I make my the next dollar? How can I get my kids through college? What will happen with my children? My car is breaking down. Shall I buy a new car? I need to better clothes. Our whole world is just taken up in trying to exist on this earth. And this is part of that satanic cosmos invented and fully developed through the centuries and ages by Satan himself to usurp God's people away from God.
1: Yeah, I want to read this verse again that we uh, spoke of a moment ago, verse 16 in chapter 5 of First John and then verse 19. Because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the vainglory of life, is not of the Father but is of the world. Verse 19, very key in this final portion today. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in the evil one. All right, here's Witness Lee for our last segment.
0: Such a satanic system lies in the evil one. Listen, this evil one has not only systematized everything into his anti God evil system and he makes the entire system lies in him. You have to know the word lie. Many times when I give message, I would use the surgeon, surgery as an illustration. When you got a sickness and the surgeon is working on you, (laughs) you lie there. Losing your sensation, knowing nothing and you are just lying there under the operation of the surgeon. Today, the entire world is like this. Like a sick person lying there under the cutting of the surgeon. The entire world today is lying under the hind of Satan. Satan does everything he likes over the world. This is... The description this writer gives us. Not loving such a world is the ground for overcoming the evil one. Loving it just a little. You don't need to love too much. Just love a little gives the evil one the ground to defeat and occupy us. Then you have the things in the world. The satanic system comprises the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the vain glory of life. Let's take car as an illustration. Today, you live in the eyes, without a car, impossible. Right? You need a car. Then, how could the car be utilized By the enemy of God to form his evil system. Listen, if you don't have the lust of the flesh, if you don't have the lust of the eyes, if you don't have the vain glory of the present life, the car has no problem. Why the car becomes a problem? Just because you like to make a show. Cadillac, Mercedes, Volvo. Right? The problem is not the car. The problem is the loss of your eyes. Nearly the entire situation of today's society is the encouragement of the indulgence in lust.
1: Bill, that whole segment was so poignant, hardly needs comment. We are obligated to make a comment there, but I think he touched a very uh, deep resonating chord within all of the hearers there. We've all been drawn into this to one degree or another, haven't we? In our, especially our current modern society and living here in California. It's just inescapable how uh, the system is designed, as he just said, to encourage the indulgence of our lust
2: everything like you say chris everything is tailor-made to draw the lust of the flesh especially the lust of the eyes these kind of things also i think we're realizing more and more through brother lee's fellowship here that the world is far more than something outside of us the physical things like the cars the million dollar homes uh all the beautiful things, uh material things that we can buy. The world is mainly within us. And it's broken down here by the Apostle John into the lust of the flesh. Yeah. And the lust of the eyes and the vainglory of life. Of course the lust of the flesh being that uh, satanic nature, you know, that got into man from man's fall to uh pollute the human body and Fill it with all the lust to make the body the flesh. And then, of course, the soul was damaged, right, according to Genesis. And the soul became the self, Mm -hmm. self self-centered. And then you have man became absolutely vain glory. Everything is just vanity of vanities. There's no reality. So John breaks down the world here into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the vainglory of life. And this is exactly what, especially we believers, face today. There's no way that the believers today can overcome these things. It's not just a matter of not buying a, another car. It's a matter of those things are within us, and the world just, just matches the inward world that is within us. So if we don't get another element into us, like the Word of God, the Father's Word, mm. there's no way we can overcome the attraction of the outward things. No way.
1: Yeah, it, it's not a matter of what we can empty ourselves uh, from. It's what we have to uh, also at the same time be filling ourselves with. We cannot exist in a vacuum. Absence all of these things that entice us and detract us. These uh, have to be replaced by the very love of God and the word of God that abides forever and is capable of strengthening us, enabling us to overcome.
2: Right. So outside of us, we have the Bible, the Word of God. And inside of us, we have that organ that God created, our human spirit. And these two match. Just like in the negative side, (laughs) we have the lust within us that matches the world outside. On the positive side, we have the Word of God outside of us that matches our human spirit within. So we need to match these two inward parts, our human spirit, with the Word of God outside of us. Then that supplies our inward being with the life and nature of God. Then that begins to swallow up the lust, the vainglory, and replaces it with God himself.
1: Well, all of us, Bill, uh, start out as young children. We need to progress to become young men, and ultimately, uh, by the Lord's mercy, to become the very fathers. Uh, But now we're in that stage of needing to be strengthened, filled with this abiding word, overcoming, in his overcoming life, day by day. Right. Good to have you here for this fellowship. Thank very you. Very
2: good. This is a rich portion. Yeah,
1: it is, and uh, very helpful. I hope our listeners would contact us to get not only the life study. We have uh, other materials available at Living Stream. You mentioned one of uh, the classic books of Watchman Need, "Love Not the World." We can uh, also help you with that. Call us toll free. We'll tell you about all of these things and help you get uh, these materials that will uh, benefit you in your own pursuing the Lord and pursuing this kind of overcoming. Our toll free number: one eight 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 Life Study eight eight eight. 543-3788. We'll return tomorrow as we continue our life study of First John. For Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the Life Study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 Life Study messages in their entirety. Or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge.
2: Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.